Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Richard Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Kelly Evans to answer your medical questions. Dr. Evans' specialty is internal medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Laura. Nice to see you this morning. Absolutely. Yeah. Great to see you. You've had a busy couple, well, couple few months training and you, on your birthday, yeah. accomplished a big thing. Can you tell us what, oh, about that? Oh, yeah. So um, I ran a marathon this month, which is something I really honestly said I'd never do. I like to run. I've run half marathons a handful of times, but a marathon seemed like way too much training and like, you know, where do you get the time to do all that? But then, you know, summer of 2020 and everything's canceled. We're not traveling. Um, I'm not going to the gym personally. I did, that's a, a place that I have not returned to during this pandemic. And so a few friends that I've trained with before and I decided in the spring, okay, if we're going to do it, now's the summer. And it worked out that the Brookings Marathon was in September and it was so a great thing to, to train for. Um, Dr. Matt Bean, who mm -hmm. actually is, was one of my partners over at Avera, is the, has been the race director for a long time, and it was a challenging year to do a race. I mean, most large races were canceled, obviously, mm -hmm. but Brookings was small enough that he was able to safely pull it together and put it on, and there were a lot of really grateful runners last Saturday here in Brookings that had had a lot of races canceled this yeah. year, but they did a great job um, keeping everyone safe and following guidelines and still putting on a race, so... All the volunteers yeah. for that event always amaze me. Yeah. They pull it together and yep. they make it such a great event each year. But yeah, yeah certainly special this year Yes, to yeah. pull that off. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, even traveled that maybe had had n numerous races canceled, people that run marathons. And so we're grateful to have a real race to be able to run. But it was smaller. I mean, it was smaller than it's ever been before. Mm -hmm. Um, they cut off entries. I think it's, I think it, approximately about half the okay. size as usual. Um, we'd had masks at the start line. They did three different starting times just to minimize crowds at all. Um, and it was, it was very well done and we were, you know, it, it's behind me now. So yes. I can say that I've run a marathon. I, you know, sometimes we say it's fun and I'm holding up these quotation marks, you know, yes. it's not actually fun at about mile 20. It, yes. it, it kind of, it's not really that fun at that very moment, but yeah, I felt like, like a good accomplishment. Before that day, what was the furthest you had run like in your training? Yeah, and so such? we had run 20 miles three different times. Okay. Which is most training plans don't have you run more than 20 miles in preparation for a marathon. So, uh -huh. it, you know, we kind of followed the book and felt like we were well prepared, but you never know, you know, right. if you get out there and something hurts and it's hard, you just never know how it's going to go. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yes, what an accomplishment. Yeah. That's really wonderful. Do you think you'll do it again someday? Uh, I'm not signing up for any right now, You're Laura. Like, we're good for now. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who's done them before says, oh, you'll do another one. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is, it was a big time commitment. You know, we ran five days a week this summer. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it kind of. And you it, get up it, early to do yes, that, right? Yep. We ran early morning, 5 a.m. most every day. And, and that's okay. I don't mind getting up early, but, you know, you can't there are a lot of and then you kind of have to center your week around your long run on the weekend mm -hmm. so sometimes it it takes a little more planning than 
than you might like to do on a regular summer if you're traveling and stuff. So right. we'll see. Right. We'll see. <laughs> to be determined. To I wouldn't count determined. it out completely, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that's so wonderful. I um, appreciate you. And I know many of your partners have been part of it in the past and mm-hmm. done it. And um, Dr. Bean, for what a great example you are to the rest of us for keeping, <laughs> prioritizing health and kind of setting some goals and yeah. Yeah. figuring that it's out. It's nice to have something to have a goal to work toward, towards, I find. So absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Well, we'll be going to our first break shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is rheumatology, Dr. Evans' essay and our television show, and today we're gonna be talking about rheumatology. Mm-hmm. Dr. Evans, what is rheumatology? Yeah, so rheumatology is, an, it's, it, you know, maybe not uh, something that's just common knowledge. So rheumatology, you know, the origin of that word has to do with joints. So the it was it's a specialty that's kind of born out of um, diseases affecting the joints, but rheumatology as a field is actually much broader than that because a lot of the diseases that rheumatologists treat are autoimmune diseases. Okay. So things like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, things that tend to affect the joints. So those are some of the more common rheumatologic diseases, but some of those diseases affect other organ systems too. So a lot of what rheumatologists do has to do with these autoimmune or inflammatory diseases that affect the joints, but they also treat other autoimmune diseases that maybe don't have anything to do with joints. So things um, that are less common, um, like scleroderma would be a a more rare one, but that's sort of the the rheumatologist specialty is autoimmunity in general as well. And what what is autoimmunity? Yeah, so autoimmune diseases are diseases that in which uh, a person's immune system kind of goes astray and uh, starts in giving inflammation and attacking um, your own tissues. And so there's a, a spectrum of autoimmune diseases. They're not all the same, but they have to do with how the immune system recognizes certain portions of these tissues or proteins in these tissues. Um, and so um, that's that's what autoimmunity is. We don't okay. we don't really know why these diseases occur. So there's theories out there, but we don't fully know why this, a random person might get rheumatoid arthritis, a disease in which the immune system attacks the joint tissues. Um, There are theories that we, we don't always really understand why that happens. Okay. Yeah. Um, What, and what is um, rheumatoid arthritis, you kind of talked yeah. about attacks so, the joints. Right. So okay. rheumatoid arthritis is probably one of the most common diseases that rheumatologists cheat, treat. Um, so yeah, an immune system attacking the joint. So classically rheumatoid arthritis um, is often diagnosed in, you know, younger to middle-aged adults. It's not often a disease that starts in older age, but there are exceptions to that. Um, people, the classic presentation, though, again, this, there's a wide spectrum is that people will come in with maybe bilateral hand and foot pain would be the most common type of presentation. Rheumatoid arthritis can affect any joint, but it tends 
to affect the smaller joints. Um, so, and it, and it tends to even affect more specific joints in the hand. So if someone comes in and says, these knuckles on my fingers, and I'm pointing right now to the, the more distal or the, the uh, knuckles towards the end of the fingertips. Closest to our fingernails. Yeah. yeah. Those ones don't tend to be affected by rheumatoid arthritis. So okay. that, that's an uncommon joint to be affected. So usually that's actually osteoarthritis, which is your kind of run of the mill wear and tear arthritis. Whereas rheumatoid arthritis tends to affect these knuckles, the ones right between the palm of your hand and your fingers more. That's a classic presentation and the wrists and, and some certain joints in the feet. Um, but yeah, that's probably the most common autoimmune disease out there, but it's still not very common. You know, probably most people don't know very many people who have rheumatoid arthritis. It's important to recognize when people come in with joint pain, it's important to recognize which of those cases are suspicious for these autoimmune arthritis because they're treated entirely differently. So if you treat rheumatoid, so I mean, years ago, we didn't have a lot of great drugs to treat things like rheumatoid arthritis. And so if you treat rheumatoid arthritis just with anti-inflammatories per se, ibuprofen, naproxen, which is how we often treat osteoarthritis, mm -hmm. right? Um, it doesn't prevent the long-term damage that occurs to the joints. Even if you're relieving pain to some degree, it doesn't prevent those, those long-term damage to, from occurring. And those things result in debility. You know, you've maybe met someone who has the, the classic rheumatoid arthritis hands in which their fingers kind of point to the side after many years of that mm -hmm. inflammation. Um, and so, you know, the, that debility that can go along with decades of this disease is really what we're trying to prevent in addition to reducing pain and, and immediate symptoms when we're looking at treating rheumatoid arthritis. And so what are some of the treatment options yeah. for rheumatoid arthritis? Yeah, so there's a variety, but this, this, this answer is much different than it was 20 years ago. Okay. Um, so all, and, and so people are somewhat familiar with maybe seeing ads on television for some of the newer class of drugs for rheumatoid arthritis and other types of autoimmune diseases. And those include what we call biologic agents. Um, Biologic agents are ones that are essentially manufactured and have very specific targets. So they target these, these um, proteins that are involved in this autoimmune response. I try not to use brand names of drugs on the show, but because it's recognizable, those are things like Enbrel, Humira is a commonly used one. And there's now, I mean, when, when those two came out, you know, there weren't a lot of them around. Now there's a plethora. I mean, there's new ones being approved and there's a lot of different choices when it comes to these biologic agents. Um, most of those are injectable. Um, so there's things that you either have to inject into yourself once a week, once every two weeks, once a month. Some of them are infusions that you actually would have to go and have an IV infusion for. They're highly effective, um, but because they affect the immune system, they do have some risks. I mean, they mm -hmm. can put you at higher risk of infections and some unusual infections. So there's def definitely special precautions that go along with that. For that reason, I don't prescribe these drugs. So if people come into my office, I can do things to make the diagnosis of RA, but they're almost always going to be referred to a rheumatologist because the prescribing and monitoring of these medications is a pretty specialized thing to do. Okay. 
Um, short of the biologics, we still have good treatments that have been around longer. So methotrexate would also be one of the most common drugs used to treat RA. And methotrexate for a, a percentage of people is good enough. So they don't have to go to the lengths of the biologic agents and it's much less expensive also. So these, these biologics are all quite expensive still. Um, some, some people end up using a combination. So they might be on methotrexate and a biologic agent. Um, everyone, everyone ends up looking a little bit different and individualized when it comes to this, but mm -hmm. those are now standbys of, of treatment for these diseases that again, we didn't have at all 20 years ago, mm -hmm. um, and have been really changed the field of rheumatology and really changed the quality of life for a lot of patients with these diseases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, is there anything we can do to prevent getting mm. rheumatoid arthritis in the first place? Not that we know of. Okay. Again, we don't necessarily know. So these are, this is one of those things that, you know, you really can't, you know, blame oneself. You know, there's yeah. nothing as far as diet. There's not necessarily a smoking association with, with most of these diseases. It seems to occur at random, though there, there, is, some, there is some genetic predisposition. So, you know, if, if you have a parent or a sibling that has one of these diseases, your likelihood of getting it is still very low because they're uncommon diseases, but it's higher than the average person, yeah. if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Got it. All right. Well, we need to take our next break. <clears throat> we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Being alone or with very limited social interactions during the pandemic can be difficult. With some effort on your part, there are some ways to decrease the effects of isolation. Keep a schedule. Stay active. Do something meaningful like working on your genealogy or organizing photo albums. Connect with others by letter, email, phone, Zoom, or try online games. Find comfort in old movies or lighting a candle and having a cup of tea. These are just a few ideas to get you thinking. You can do this. If you find your loneliness getting out of hand with feelings of depression, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We're talking today about rheumatology, and we've been talking about rheumatoid arthritis. Um, another topic that fits into this area is gout. Dr. Evans, you wrote a great essay this week. Um, I had a lot of fun writing gout. that essay and looking up just the history of that disease that's been recognized for so long. So yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, how it, how it has a history yeah, and discussed. So, so and... gout, um, if anyone's had gout, they know why this is so recognizable because it's when it's happening, it's pretty debilitating depending on what joint it is. I mean, some people can't walk and um, it can be pretty impressive. So gout has been recognized. So you can find references to gout in ancient Egyptian texts um, and certainly Hippocrates, which was, you know, a couple thousand years B.C., wrote about 
gout, which was recognized. Gout was less frequent then and tended to occur in uh, people of very high status because of its association with certain food and drink. So um, alcohol, rich, rich foods like classically a steak dinner and a beer might set off a gout attack just because of the components that tend to break down into uric acid that are present there. Um, So it, it, but it was found often in kings or more wealthy people. There's great documentation of Benjamin Franklin apparently had terrible gout. And so he would go through periods where he would be unable to walk and have to be carried around. And um, so, yeah, interesting. And you can find it in a lot of sort of literature because it was sort of very recognizable as a, a pretty debilitating disease. But it tended to occur in people of high stature. Yeah. historically yeah um and gout's a little bit so as as i sort of introduced rheumatology as this this umbrella of autoimmune diseases gout's a little bit different so in gout the problem that occurs is not necessarily that the patient's immune system has an abnormal response to normal tissue it's that there's a chemical component which we all have in our system we all carry uric acid around it's a breakdown product of things called purines in our system um, that we take in dietarily and it, it's a breakdown product of dna so it's 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 present everywhere certain people tend to not break it down as fast and accumulate high levels of uric acid and those are the people that tend to have gout um, when uric acid is over a certain concentration in the bloodstream If it starts falling into other tissues, mainly joints, um, it'll collect and form crystals. And these Mm -hmm. crystals really set off the immune system. So the white blood cells recognize these crystals as, ah, what is this attack, attack? And so you'll get a really inflamed hot joint, but usually it's just a single joint at a time, most commonly. The classic is in the big toe, Um, but it can occur anywhere. It's, you know, we see it in the wrist and the knee and other places too. Um, so it's treated, it's not treated as an autoimmune disease per se, um, but it, it is an inflammatory problem as opposed to, you know, just a, a, a wear and tear problem. So mm-hmm. if you have an attack, mm-hmm. it, um, how long does an attack, does it come and go? Yeah. Is so some people might have an attack once a year. Some people might okay. have an attack frequently. It's a, it's, it's pretty, it can, it's a spectrum. Some people might have it once and never have it again. Um, if you have an attack and do nothing about it, it's probably something that's going to last for a couple of weeks and be pretty debilitating for a time. So that's what, you know, in history, when they didn't really have any medications to treat, um, would happen. Um, but, but these gut attacks are not in most cases difficult to sort of treat the inflammatory problem. So a lot of people, we just put on an anti-inflammatory medication. So something like ibuprofen or a cousin of ibuprofen. And within a few days, it's it's resolved. Okay. Then the question is, if you have recurrent attacks, do you want to do something to prevent it? So if people have these things happen, you know, every few months, mm-hmm. usually that's not acceptable to most people. Mm-hmm. And we do have medicines that lower the level of uric acid in the bloodstream and make it very unlikely for people to get those attacks, or at least happens much less frequently. Okay. So people with more chronic gout um, tend to go on things like allopurinol. That would be the most commonly used agent for this, um, which works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I find it fascinating that the food you eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it makes sense if it causes you a stomach ache or whatever, if you eat something rich and heavy, but it's 
fascinating that the food you eat might give your toe an ache. Right. Isn't like, that funny? It's amazing yeah, how so our that... body works. <laughs> and that has entirely to do with how high this content of purines is because when you ingest them, um, part of the breakdown product or product, part of the breakdown process in the bloodstream is conversion of some of these components to uric acid. And certain foods just tend to have very high of those levels. So certainly if people have infrequent attacks, if they can avoid those foods that tend to trigger it, sometimes that's good enough and they don't mm-hmm. need a daily medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> Very good. Well, I think we'll go to our final break. We thank you for listening to the Prairie Doc radio program and we'll be back following this message from the Avera Medical Group. Attention drivers, there are many bikers on the road. Please remember these rules. Share the road. Bicyclists have the same rights to the road as motor vehicles do. It is the law to allow three feet between your car and the bicyclist. Give bicyclists space on the road. When turning right, look right before proceeding. Always check the sidewalks as well as the traffic lanes when merging or turning. Slow down and watch for pedestrians and bicyclists. The Avera Medical Group Brookings encourages drivers as well as bikers to help prevent accidents. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to discuss your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We've been talking about rheumatology today and rheumatoid arthritis and now we've been talking a little bit about gout. Dr. Evans, I have a question about um, when people have uh, trouble with their hands, um, often seen in maybe like a violin player or a piano player, is that related to rheumatology or is that something different? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could be a spec. So in, in your hands, you certainly have joints and definitely hands are a common place to get wear and tear osteoarthritis. So that's okay. the most common type of arthritis. It's the arthritis that everybody gets as they get older. Okay. Um, and so in most cases, I would say it's, it's osteoarthritis if it's a joint problem, but also in some of those overuse things, it could be a different structure. It could be tendon or ligament problems or nerve problems. So another thing that causes hand pain tends to be things like carpal tunnel syndrome and some of those other things. So it, it, a lot of things can cause hand pain, mm-hmm. um, and they're definitely just uh, history features that most. it's pretty easy to tease out what's most likely um, with your primary care physician. But it's not, you know, osteoarthritis is not the only thing that can cause ha- hand pain. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And osteoarthritis, um, you were talking about earlier about how rheumatoid arthritis, we can get it at younger ages. I often think of arthritis as more of an older person thing, but osteoarthritis, is that the same younger people to older people? Yeah. So osteoarthritis, much more common as as your age advances, just because you've had more years to accumulate damage to your joints. So like I said, most people at a certain older age will have some joints that have some degree of osteoarthritis. Um, That's just sort of one of the badges that you get to carry with getting (laughs) older, right? Um, things that can put you at higher risk are, are certain like prior injuries. So a, a common arthritis is a knee arthritis. That's a mm-hmm. common reason people get knees replaced as they get older, et cetera. People tend to have earlier onset of that bad osteoarthritis resulting in a knee replacement, et cetera, if they've had an old injury. So, you know, the patient person who played football and maybe they had an ACL tear and had to have surgery when they were younger, those people might get bad osteoarthritis in their knees in their 50s, whereas it's more common to get in your 70s or 80s. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, Yeah, it's when we Mm -hmm. think of, yeah, at different ages and how that 
how that affects mm-hmm. our bodies um, mm-hmm. as we get older. How about, um, you know, Dr. Home is always about getting our exercise and going on walks and things yeah. like that. How does exercise and keeping your body moving yeah. um, affect arthritis in your body so it's important and it it, kind of depends on what joint you know but I it's not uncommon that I'll actually refer people to physical therapy for osteoarthritis because for example in the knee strengthening those muscles and ligaments around the knee can hold the joint open you know pain from osteoarthritis is caused when there's not much cartilage not much cushion left in the joint that Mm -hmm. bone on bone problem causes pain So if you can sort of provide cushion from those external structures by strengthening, it can help. Um, And keeping a a lower body weight will reduce your risk of having some of those knee and hip problems as well. So people who tend to carry around more weight get more joint damage. Um, Mm -hmm. And so exercise is an important, you know, it may be a preventive tool, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Exercise and diet always affects yeah. all of our yes everything. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to tell us about rheumatology? Dr. Yeah, Evans? you. Well, I see you have lupus on there, and yes. we probably have like what two minutes, one yes, minute. Just okay. a minute left. Yes, <laughs> lupus could be talked about for for a long time. That's a wider spectrum of diseases, um, and people are kind of familiar with that. But lupus is an example of an autoimmune disease that can affect many organs. It can cause skin problems, kidney problems, as well as joint problems. And there are a handful of diseases like that in rheumatology. All right. Mm-hmm. We did get a question. Let's do it. Let's do it quick. <laughs> Caller has numbness in her two large toes. Has been that way for a month. She is also experiencing pain on the tops of both feet. Mm-hmm. She thought it may be due to biking, but still hasn't gone away. Any thoughts on what well, that Well, with be? the numbness, it sounds like a nerve problem. And that can you're right, that can happen from certain, if you're having just compressive problems in the feet. Um, there's something called tarsal tunnel syndrome, which is similar to carpal tunnel syndrome, but occurs in the feet. But it also is not uncommon to have complaints like that just with neuropathy, which is a separate nerve problem and can occur for a variety of reasons. So it may be reasonable to, if that's bothersome enough, to talk to the doctor about it and see if it might just be run-of-the-mill neuropathy or if it may be more of a structural problem in the foot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Worth getting checked out. Yeah. Well, I learned a lot today, Dr. Evans. Thank you. Before we close, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, September 24th, Prairie Doc host Kelly Evans-Hollinger will discuss rheumatology with topics with doctors Jennifer May and Mark Versal. Watch the full episode this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc Library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for the Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And as Dr. Home would say, stay healthy out there, people. Thanks, Laura.